Welcome to the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith, and with me today is a good friend of mine, Ryan Nijelski. And the way that you remember that last name is because it's a name, a product, and a sport. He just shared that with me, and I thought it was worth the share. So, Ryan, thank you very much for being on this episode. I am stoked to have you here. Oh, honored you sent me the invite. For sure. So, before going into like talks, knowledge bombs, uh, wherever the rabbit hole may take us. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I, I just want to acknowledge you. I think that you're a fantastic human being. You're a good character. You're well-intentioned. Uh, I think that there is more people that benefit from having you in your life than not. And I feel like you're also the type of character that the people that are not the type of quality or the level of quality that you um, present yourself as, they kind of are probably more likely to trickle themselves out without any uh yep with with little effort but i think that um i've been, known you for a solid chunk of time and there's not been a time where you haven't been uh a supportive uh of anyone you or supportive you have not been supportive you've always been someone that is dependable uh someone that is great with giving advice great with uh having conversations uh, you are a fantastic leader, and I know that's a solid chunk. I'm sure it's a solid chunk of this from your military background, which totally want to get into that. But I just want to say that I think you're a fantastic human being, and I think that uh, having you in my life has made me a better person. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Appreciate that. You're For the record, well. we've known each other since 2015. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it is a solid chunk of time. Hey, yeah, Woo! we're over, we're over half a decade. Yeah, getting close. Yeah, man. So. So Brian, tell tell the world about you. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, so um, I, you know, grew up here in Edmonton. Uh, started a career as a mechanic, and that was uh because my grandfather was a mechanic. So that was kind of my inspiration because he was like uh he was my mentor growing up as a child, and uh, I worked you know went to school, got licensed, worked industry for uh, close to nine years before I kind of got fed up. Um, and then at the time I had a, this is what this is, but by the time of 29, I had a customer suggest to me to join the military. Um, uh, his name was Warren Jim Butters and he used to work on this old Thunderbird he had, which was sweet. Uh, but he just said, he's like, I think you'd be a good fit. I think you should do it. And that always like sat in the back of my mind. Um, and then one year I just kind of just got fed up with, industry and I wanted to be a part of something more than uh profit right being profit for an organization profit company I wanted to be in a place to serve so I just threw my name in the hat like sold my motorcycle parked my car uh downsized all my monthly bills because when you go off the basic training you're making maybe 700 bucks a month like and I had to like a mortgage to pay so I just downsized my life and then just shipped off and then that was, and then it just kind of set off from there. So, uh, but yeah, so essentially I'm a career, career mechanic. Um, I'm double ticketed as a heavy duty and automotive. Uh, so I have a vast experience. This is my 20th year as a technician, um, but 10 years military service. Um, and I would say I'm a person who is a big believer in community and serving the community. So, so where do you think that comes from? The uh, or, yeah, go ahead. I would, I would honestly say from my parents. Um, uh, especially your parents are pretty cool. Your family, yeah, are cool. they're they're pretty sweet. They're uh, they're 
I always found like from my father, uh, Dale, as you know, uh, you always take care of everyone around you, right? So that's something I always witnessed as a child. So, and a lot of that time was like him, uh, you know, but in the eighties, we grew up with not a lot of money in the household. I remember and as a kid, we never knew it, but as, uh, later in life, my mom would tell us like, we'd be lucky to have 20 bucks to the family name at the end of the month. Right. And my dad was always gone working, chasing jobs, trying to just pay the bills and, and make things for, but as a kid, we never knew it. Um, but when he was home, he was always present and he was always serving. Like he was always helping the neighbors, you know, work on their garage. He was always helping, um, you know, people with renovations. He was always taking his skill set as a carpenter and applying that to everyone around us. And because he's so personal, like everyone within a two, two house range of our house were friends. And we would have like community barbecues and all the kids would play street hockey and, it wasn't until later in life that I look, like look back on those moments and realize like, Oh, those little interactions that he did were like, Hey, someone's working on their fence and he goes over and gives them a hand for an afternoon. Right. Those little things create such big ripples. So that kind of always resonated me to be a place to serve. Um, Cause then you can help and it creates ripples that benefit us as humans in my opinion. So. I totally agree with you I, on that one too. Like my mom is very, very much so. Uh, the same kind of person. So my parents, they have an RV, right? They don't, they don't have a house. They, when my brother and I moved out, they sold the house because there's no sense in my mom just living there because my stepdad travels for work and stuff. So they got an RV and uh, in all the RV parks, my mom is also everyone's mom. And yeah. uh, around the holidays, I remember, and she still, she does this often, but in the holidays, I think she was in, um, Washington state. And there's a couple people that were in the, in the park around her. And there wasn't too many because it was around Christmas and she would go to the other trailers and just cook for people. Like she would get the Ziploc containers and just go because a lot of people don't have, they, she's like, yeah, a, lot, a couple of them are just dudes that haven't had a home cooked meal in like forever. And so she does that. And I think that I, I get my desire for service from the same place as well. So other than, uh, this is like an intri- a curiosity question for sure. Well, I guess all questions are curiosity questions. Yeah. But uh, for this one in particular, I actually feel like uh, for myself, there is also a, like a physiological expansion. Like I feel open when I think of the idea of helping, not mm-hmm. like doing out of obligation or doing yeah. out of expectation, but like genuinely coming from a place of wanting to help and i feel it like in my gut and it's something that i that feeling and that sensation i've always i've i can i can recall it for as long as i can so do you think that outside of like how you were raised do you think you have that innate like internal gut intuition to serve as well yeah i I would honestly say yeah i think that's what probably pulled me towards the military because it was to serve on a scale at the time, uh, I don't fathom how big it is. Um, and then to realize like how filling or fulfilling it is to put yourself aside mm-hmm. and be in that place to serve is, uh, I don't know. It like, it fills your cup. It fills my cup. Um, and it's, 
how I put this. It's almost selfish in a way because when I do it, I feel amazing. Uh, but but even better feeling is seeing that level of appreciation returned. Um, and it's not always the case, right? Like when you help people, uh, but when it is, it is, it, it creates such momentum in my life that it drives me towards the next thing, the next person I want to help the, you know, the next situation I can contribute, right? Like, and it, it's, it's a big momentum piece for me. So. I totally agree with that. I like, I like how you said, um, like when it happens, like when people respond with appreciation for the, uh, whatever you, you did for them. I think um, something that's really good that I recognize for yourself, and I'm, I'm this way as well, I feel like we probably have a similar code of conduct for a majority of life. But uh, I, think, uh, I think when people could hear us talking about doing good for others or giving or helping or whatever like that, I think there's uh, too many folks that think of it from a scarcity mindset rather than an abundance mindset where they're mm -hmm. expecting it to be more transactional. Yeah. Uh, was there a point in time where you had to shift from the scarcity mindset to abundance mindset or from uh, expecting an uh, transaction to occur? Like you do this for someone and then you expect it without them knowing you expect it either. Because mm. that's another thing as well is like, so, uh, I think some folks just, uh, they're like, oh yeah, I give all the time, but nobody gives back. It's like, well, it's because you're expecting to give back. Um, you know what I'm saying? I think the only time I expect something in return is, uh, when it's been communicated, like, like I, Hey, uh, you come, my buddy's a plumber and I'm like, Hey Jeff, uh, I need a new sink installed. And he's like, well, I need, uh, you know, some work done on my truck. And that's a transactional where it's back and forth. But to me, uh, when I help or I, I like from that place of buns to help to me, it's never transactional. It's never, there's never uh, a return. Right. Cause that to me defeats the purpose. Um, like I've had, you know, being a career mechanic, that's one of the ways I can serve is by helping people, you know, with their vehicles. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and my favorite thing is not fixing the vehicle for them. Uh, my favorite thing is teaching them what they can do for themselves. Um, so like simple things like changing a tire, how to do an oil change, like, or helping my, my, my buddy who never got taught himself how to change brakes on a truck. Right. And then him learning how simple it truly is uh, when it's done correctly and with guidance is like, he just saved a buttload of money. And as a father of two, that goes a long way. Right. So that to me, like when I can give a lesson, I guess it'd be a better way to put it is more fulfilling than like I say, expecting something in return. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I give it's because I am, like you're giving because you are in a place of abundance, whether it's time, energy, skill, expertise, or whatever. Um, but if I'm if I'm in that place where, say, my self care is not up to par, I'm not in that place of giving because I'm not in that place of abundance. And I've learned, mm -hmm. um, probably like till my 30s, uh, when to help and when not to help. Right? Because you got to help yourself first. Right? So, yeah. How do people get out of the, the brainwashing that we have to help others? Others are more, others needs are more important than our own needs. I think it's brainwashing. That's my opinion. I agree. I think if you don't take care of yourself and serve yourself first, then you cannot serve anyone else. Um, there's a quote. I'm really bad at quotes. Usually I'll just call Steve and he'll tell me who said it, but it's like, 
the quote I'll was, actually have to get Steve on too. Yeah, Steve would be a good guest. Yeah. Uh, he, the morning is for the self. The and then the the rest of the day is to serve your is to serve, right? So uh, yeah, if yeah. you take the morning or whatever time of day to give that to yourself, whether it's twenty minutes, two hours, whatever that looks like for you and you only, um, you can fill your cup. And so that you can place where you can pour your cup into other people's cups. But if you're not filling your cup, you're just going to have an empty cup at the end of the day. And then you're going to be to a place where you are resentful because, you know, your perspective shifted from that. I'm not getting anything in return because my cup's always empty. Right. But not to use that as like a cheesy metaphor, but it's the easiest way to articulate it. So. Uh, I'll go with that. I'll go with a cheesy metaphor too. Cause I actually said this on the last one, but I think it's kind of, I just wanted to share it with you, but I actually think of like the heart as a bucket. And you want to fill a lot of folks are expecting, like, fill my bucket for me. But we have to, uh, I believe we have to, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's like, uh, I think it's a requirement. I don't even think of it as a negotiable, but I think if we consider our heart as a bucket and we're filling that heart up, whatever pours out from that heart, everyone else gets a piece of. And I, I think it's like so important. I think it's so important to actually just like, uh, kind of resolve things internally and then be able to uh, show up as a better version of yourself from that point. Absolutely. Be, be in that position to serve. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking like when I say serve, I don't want people thinking like servitude. I mean, like in a place of giving, right. Um, I just use serve because this is from my military background and you're in service. Right. Um, but exactly what you said like the heart like if you don't fill that and you and you don't have that abundance to give then you can't give you're not in a place to right so you need to you know uh pull back and focus on yourself and then fill that back up however that looks like for some people so like like i know uh for me um it's health wealth career relationships and those are my four pillars and when i manage those four pillars to govern you know like four chambers of a heart right uh, when those are full, uh, that I'm in a place of giving where I want to give and I can't give enough. Like it is, it is almost intoxicating. Right. But if any time one of my four pillars is, you know, in place of contention or whatever, or just the place like it's in transition or of, uh, of unknowing, um, I will pull back in that place of giving and focus on, you know, putting that energy towards that self to get those, those pillars in order. And then I can go back to it. Cause that's your support. Right. So like if, for example, wealth, if you're not financially stable, then why are you donating money? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not feeding yourself, you're not feeding your family, you're not paying your bills. Why are you donating to charity? Not saying don't donate to charity. Right. But you're not taking care of yourself first. And if you're always putting yourself secondary, um, to everything and everyone else around you, you're literally just going to be in a place of suffering. Yeah, that's definitely a one-way track to uh, misery. Uh, so <clears throat> on that, I got a question, a military question for you, or kind of a military question. It has to do with it, but 10 years, right? So I'm, I'm actually surprised I didn't ask you this question earlier. This is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, so what would you say are mm, the kind of, what what do you think are some standout lessons from the military or standout truths that you've recognized reflecting on your military service now 
what do you think are some some lessons that you learned or what are some truths about the world that you think peeps should folks people should uh be more attentive of well that right there i was gonna say awareness um you know when you like i have two deployments uh to iraq and one thing they teach you is head on a swivel right always always tracking always looking for threats always looking for hazards um and like as uh and if you can assess the situation and create awareness, it spills over to the rest of parts of your life. Um, so like we're taught when we enter a building or a situation, know your exits. How do you get in? How do you get out? Um, what's the hazards? What's on the floor? What's on around you, right? What's above? What's And I find a lot of people get stuck in their, um, you know, their own little worlds or they have their blinders on or stuck to a screen, like on their phone. Um, oh. And they're not aware of what's going on around them. Um, and like in, in a simple, and it's a simple thing that helped me, um, uh, train it is when you read, you read left from right. When you're scanning, scan right to left. If you physically have to make your eyes work to look and you actually will take a few more moments to collect more information, which then will give you, uh, the more information to make a better decision in the moment. And especially being on, being on tour, sometimes you have very little time to make critical decisions. So, yeah. So I think awareness would be one of the biggest ones is just, just like you go into a restaurant, walk in, take a half second and just scan the room right to left. Take a look. You, you'll see more than you realize instead of where's my table, where am I sitting? Totally. I really, I like that. I like how it's a, I actually really like the, the idea that going from right to left, you could probably take in more information because it's just such a movement that's unnatural. So we're more aware of it, right? Yeah. Because it's an out of habit. Uh, yeah, it's counter to what we usually do. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's so like, pretty so you have to put You have to put intention to it, right? You have to, like, I remember in the beginning being sitting there, standing on security, watching a line and just being like, right, left, right, and like physically working my eyes to move because it was so unnatural. And then over time you build that like any other muscle and you're like, okay, scan, scan, scan. So, yeah. So awareness is the biggest one. And then like you just, you know, being a career technician, everything in a shop can kill you, right? There's stuff overhead. There's stuff you can trip on. Everything's sharp, metal, pointy, right? Like if you're not aware, you get hurt and no one wants to get hurt. So like, it goes to one of the things like just one physically protecting yourself, right? If you're walking down the street, looking at your cell phone and you're not aware and then you slip on ice and then you feel like, Oh, that happened to me. It's like, no, you could have prevented it. If you would just looked up and scanned, <clears throat> right. If you would just recognize the hazard before it became a hazard. So, uh, but I think the other thing I would say uh, I take away from the military is uh, welcome adversity. Mm. Right. When, because one of the things like I found uh, going through a lot of like my training and stuff, um, I unlocked so much potential within myself and self-realization and self-worth because I went, you know, six days without sleep. I know who I am uh, when shit hits the fan. Uh, I know how I react in a crisis, right? And what I realized is like, oh, I am very calm. In these situations and then my reaction comes later when you're like you're like shit it's a fan and you know things going on and 
and you get on the ground, you get the safety, and you go, holy fuck, I can't believe that just happened, right? But in the moment, you just focus your ta- – like, I was just task-driven. Like, okay, what needs to get done? With like, just putting out fire, solving problems, and then afterwards, you just have this rush of emotion. It's still there. You're still going to present it, but I think a lot of people uh, will get lost in the, the, the situation, whereas the, I found I was like, oh, I react afterwards, right? So that was something I always had to pay attention to because if I didn't react – where did that go? Where is that energy? Mm-hmm. Right? Did it just get suppressed? And is it going to come up later and manifest itself into something else like anger? Right? So I, yeah, I, it's actually funny you say that. I call uh, a buddy of mine, Kaylin, and I we, we were chatting about it, and uh, him and his uh, wife went through an experience where um, her her I think grandfather grandfather was passing her grandmother one of the two uh and he he was he was just buckled down he was like good 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 everything kind of happened and then uh like she, uh the grandparent passed away and then it wasn't until months months later where he just like started crying and he's like I don't even know what's going on and they were both talking they're like what's going on and he's like holy shit I think it was actually, um, it's just, it's just, uh, not the reverberation. Uh, it's just, I'm processing the feelings from before. It's grief. Yeah. He's experiencing grief at a later point. Yeah. I actually think I, I'm on the same page where it's like, if something's going on, and I think I actually said it in response to like, uh, I, I said it once before, I think, but some shenanigans were going on and I thought to my, or someone's like, are you okay? Are you like, you're really calm. I'm like, yep. Fix it first, feel it later. Fix it first, feel it later. Yeah. And I, I have the same, I make sure I do the same thing where if I'm like, Ooh, okay. This was actually something where I had to buckle down to figure things out. Uh, make a mental note to process that later. Yep. Otherwise, like you said, I think, uh, I think it would just like build up into a crock pot. I like to call it crock pot. Yeah, yeah. Just well, becomes... it just get, it just get it. I, I always call it, it just gets it falls into the soup of emotions that are also not been processed, whether they've been two years or twenty years old, right? And then it gets yeah. all convoluted. So yeah. you're like, I don't even know why I'm upset anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I think yeah, that's a that's a great one. Uh, so what what kind of uh, what are some of the things that have inspired your kind of philosophies of life? Um. I think biggest thing is being one exposed to adversity, like true physical, mental, like just being who, like uh, when I, when I worked in Ottawa, we had a, we had a, uh, a question. Who are you when you haven't slept and you haven't ate? That's who we want to know who you are. Right. Not who are you with a belly full of food and eight hours of sleep? Everyone's good on that. I was like, we want to know who you are when you're tired and hungry, right? And that always stuck with me. I was like, okay, who am I when I'm tired and hungry? And then I learned that, um, who I am, right? And it's, and then having that, knowing that, I was like, that's a tool. I know, like, oh, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't, I haven't eaten four hours. I was like, yeah, I've gone five days without food, right? Not by choice, right? So to have that tool and know that you're capable of that is so powerful, especially when you're determining your self-worth, right? What you're capable of um, and what you bring to the table in terms of capability. So 
that's a really good insight. I actually, uh, not to the point of military, not to the point of going into the military, but I could definitely say I actually referenced the world's toughest mutter in 2016 Vegas. It was a 24 hour race, 40 military obstacles. And I refer to my, like my life as before tough mutter and after tough mutter because the physical, the physical component, basically I was able to break down the body to build up the mind Yeah, and being able to go through the 24 hours I still got a little bit of sleep. I think I got like an accumulated uh, three hours of naps together. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of naps. <laughs> that is a lot of naps, man. In 24 hours, that's like basically a full thing of sleep. But I, 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 told, I totally understand the adversity part because I found that during that point, I actually, it was almost like a sense of clarity of like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what? I can back myself up. And I think that's what I really recognize is like uh, being able to take that and, and really like take it and, use that as a metric to compare a new experience after that point, yeah. like going five days without sleeping, you have a really good benchmark for the uh, stress threshold. Yep. Right. For me, yeah. it was, it was 24 hours and that's still for me, a great baseline for that fresh uh, stress threshold. So what do you, what do you think would be uh so rather than instead of joining the military, yeah, yeah. you don't have to doing, do that to find adversity. Yeah. And 24 hour obstacle races. What do you think folks could do? Ooh. I think both. Okay. I, I want to get obvious ones out of the way because I, yeah. I want to make this actually tough on both of us. <laughs> so physical activity, just exercise, I think yeah. is just a given. I, I think, I think that that's just a simple, a simple one that everyone should incorporate. Uh, a lot of folks, despite what people like think or feel, uh, let's say, yeah, there's, Nobody cares about health until the health isn't there. And then yeah. people care about nothing but health. Yep. So I think health should always be one that's incorporated. And that's an easier baseline to be able to bring in or to compare like the rest of the world to. Because I think when clients are like, does workouts get any easier? I say no, no but life does. Yep. So working out. That's, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. Um, Honestly, I okay. I got the, okay. I got this one. Okay. Everyone has tasks that you hate. Personally, I hate cooking, and I hate folding laundry. I always have. When I eat, I eat to survive. I don't eat to cook, right? Uh, or I don't cook to eat. Uh, I do those things first. So, like, I get them out of the way. So, anything I, anything I hate doing the most, I do first. Because it's easy to do the things you like doing first. It's easy. Wake up in your day and be like, oh, I like gardening. I'm going to go garden. You're like, you're like, I hate picking up dog shit. I should probably pick up dog shit because then it's done and then I'll enjoy my gardening more. Right? Um, that's one thing. Like For me, it's like it took me a long time to get there. When the laundry comes out of the dryer, fold it. I hate it. I hate every second. It's torture. I just want to throw it on the ground and live out of a pile. Cause that's what I did when I was a teenager. Right. But I don't. Right. Um, and then cooking, like I will intentionally be like, okay, you hate cooking. So let's just cook once. Right. Meal prep. That's a simple thing to do, but I hate it. I hate it. I hate being stuck to a stove and watching something else. I could be doing other things with my time. Right. Um, but I also know it's going to be fueling my health. So there's kind of that benefit, um, you know, 
bathrooms. No one likes cleaning bathrooms, but do it first, right? If you're going to clean your house, it's easy to vacuum the floor. Go do the bathrooms first. Me, I do the bathrooms first and then the floor. Floor is easy, right? I can do floors all day, right? Vacuum and push them up, easy peasy. Scrubbing toilets, you got to get on your hands and knees. It's more yeah. work, right? And no one likes doing it. So, or some people like doing it. And they're weirdos, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, this is a good one to clean. I'm pumped. This is my Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. I totally agree. There's a I believe it's Benjamin Franklin. Is, no, 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 it wasn't. It was uh oh, maybe it was Mark Twain, or maybe at least this quote is associated with Mark Twain. But it says, um, if your if your job is to if your job is to eat a toad, eat it first thing in the morning. If your job is to eat two toads, eat the big one first. Yeah. And I yeah, I think I think that that would be the perfect amount of adversity to actually include in someone's life because it's something that benefits them so much quicker than or actually yeah benefits them on a day-to-day basis and that accumulates faster than having to do something where it's like so extreme yeah i think i think that because i'm more on the extreme i'm like the pull a band-aid off kind of person i'm like if i'm gonna do something else cold turkey i think if i'm taking my time to wean things off then it's like yeah i don't know i i don't i don't see the purpose of it uh well for me it's like everyone has internal demons and my demon's name is procrastination. So I use this as a tool to combat that because otherwise everyone knows when you procrastinate, your to-do list just gets built up, built up, built up, built up. Right. So if you just, to me, just tackle the things I hate, but then you get, for me, it's like, Oh, I got that sense of accomplishment and I love a sense of accomplishment. I love a task complete. I love that feeling. And it just drives me the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And next thing you know, you're like, Oh, my list for the week just got done today. And you're like, Oh, I just freed up my week. Sweet. So there's more time to do the things you want to do versus, you know, regretting things you don't want. Right. Yeah. And then get, getting it done. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't get the things done and you're going through your week, just working yourself up. You're not, you're actually not able to stay present in the week or whenever you're not able to stay present in the time because you're still thinking about that future thing that you have to do that you're yeah. Hey, you're at work all day and you know that pile of laundry you pulled out last night. You could have took the 10 minutes to fold it, but you didn't. It's waiting for you regardless. And you're like, ugh. And that's what it's there, right? And that and that is a way to combat. Like, that's a small level, right? Like, physical is like, that's an easy one. You know, go do something tough. Go put 100 pounds on your back and ruck 10K, yeah. right? That will, that's adversity. But that's that's simple because it's, 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 uh, it's very focused, right? I think it's like combating the little things you hate the most and then just taking care of them will feed into every other aspect of your life uh, in terms of how you combat other adversity. Right. So, and it's like, it's like anything you're building that behavior, you're building those, getting those repetitions and building that mindset uh, and essentially, you know, putting tools in your toolbox to uh, deal with things, especially when new adversities present themselves. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then you're actually able to step it up when it's necessary. No, yep. because you have a new baseline. You're actually hey, able. You're, to you're learning to, to develop that switch. That's why I called. Right. Oh, like, nice. Like that's uh, like I remember being overseas and just being like, yeah, like you know, you're having a good time. Good time. Boom. Generator was out. The entire camp's out. You're in the middle of a war zone. If you don't have spotlights, if you're like if nothing's working, the camp is frantic. And it's not like oh, I'll get to when I want. No, no, it's fix it now, right? So you learn how to develop that switch 
So you know when you need to engage it, when it really matters. So putting in that practice for little, uh, you know, tasks and little things like that, it, it pays, it pays off when, you know, there's true, true adversity, true crisis happening in your life. Uh, That's one thing I would uh, say I learned. So. Oh, that's a good one. I I quite like that. So I've I've been trying to work with more, uh, just being more intentional, especially with things I don't want to do. And I'm like, okay, why is it I don't want to do it? And then just kind of, just kind of deal with it and then move on. Because at the end of the day, the thing that the things got to get done, the things, the things that get you to where you want to go, still got to get done to get there. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, that was a, that was a great one. That was a great yeah. one. There's a little nugget for you. <laughs> good nugget, man. It's a good nugget. Uh, let's see. What, what else I was going to, and I ask you on. So, do you do you and Steve have uh, similar philosophies? I'm actually kind of curious now because I'm trying to think of like because I've seen you guys like I've hung out with both of you together, but I'm trying I'm kind of thinking of like how how uh, how you two work together. Um, actually, we're very complementary, but we're very different um in terms of thinking yeah i was gonna say i'm much more analytical and literal than steve is uh and we made this joke the one day because steve is very philosophical and very uh in tune with people and uh very personal very more like very tuned with his emotions he's very wise when it comes to that and it's funny he's like he's like i really want to share this poem with you because i'm very analytical i was reading it the poem out loud that he shared and he's like Dude, you're reading that poem like an instruction manual. And he's like, and he's like, and that's where we're different, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I don't like that message that that feeling that he got from it. I didn't get that, right? No, to me, it's just words on paper. I'm like, yes, right? It's just whoosh. so. Uh, but but in that regards, um, we were we balance each other out in terms of uh, uh, when it comes to that. But at the same time, like I think a lot of our ideologies in terms of like work ethic and you know serving a community um and taking care of self like and like everything we're very much aligned uh but our methods and our energies i would say are uh different so yeah okay yeah that was a that was a wonderful explanation because i just kind of started thinking about because i'm like oh i'll definitely get steve on here and i was like i wonder what the conversation would be like so i, I kind of yeah that's pretty yeah. fun that's pretty sweet um so you surround yourself with a pretty solid chunk of people, myself included. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> humble brag, nice humble brag, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you also have a, a solid group around you, and I like to think that my group is also pretty solid. So let's say hypothetically, you were surrounded by people that were not that stellar, uh, but you knew, like you knew in your heart where where you wanted to go, like. You were the same person, but you were around a bunch of shitty people, or at least weren't mm. supportive, or kind of like just where people feel trapped. I'm kind of thinking from the perspective of a person who feels like they're trapped in the expectations and obligations that their friends, family, uh, those peeps around there. What do you think would be ways of going from that? Or actually, better question: How how big of a role do you think the people surrounding you play in your life? 
And how do you how do you find good people and how do you remove shitty people? Well, there we go. Here, here's some I know it's for me personally. Um because I am who I am. Um and I'm very um uh, what do you call it? I'm not an asshole, but I'm very uh blunt. Blunt? Yes, I'm very honest. Uh people that don't want to hear honesty don't stick around. That they're they're the ones that call you an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, but the thing is like they will remove themselves. Um that's right. But I find people that have like don't have good communities or whatever is is because they've misplaced loyalty right they're placing their loyalty to their people that they're surrounding themselves with over their loyalty to themselves um so they're 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 externalizing their worth essentially um but to remove yourself from the situation um sometimes you just gotta pack up and go right like if you see an opportunity like for me you know how many people told me not to join the army at 29 a lot. And you know how many I've listened to? Zero. Right? Because I, I, I made my choice. I stuck true to my conviction. Right? And I think if you stick to your convictions, or convictions, uh, people will reveal themselves of who they truly are. If they truly support you, they will support you. Right? And if they don't, you'll know right away. And I think if you make a decision for yourself and for yourself only, uh, you'll find right away who is and who isn't mm. yeah yeah i like the uh, the story of the crabs in the bucket where yep. there's uh there's crabs one crab will try to escape and then the rest of the crabs will pull them down yeah i think i think when i i think folks uh there's too many folks with crabs in their lives you know yeah like figuratively and literally yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so funny yeah so what is That's it a... go ahead go ahead no you go ahead uh so what are what are, what are some, some things that uh so you're to this point now where you've experienced a solid chunk of i would say self-actualization like you you're very aware of yourself you're in tune with yourself and that's through like the various uh uh adversities that you for the most part, chose to go through, which is even cooler. A, a solid chunk, I would imagine, actually, yeah. when I think about it. And so for for so where where do you go from this point of self-actualization? Do, do you think there is something that you're like, oh, I know there's something big there, but I'm not sure what? Hmm. So basically, what is it from this point forward for development for you, like internally, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, philosophically, from this point forward compared to like what got you here? Hmm. I would say because I have, you know, you know, through my choices and the path I chose to know who I am, um, that is something I want to give forward, right? Like. Mm -hmm. To me, I find myself now more in a position where I want to mentor. Um, I want to teach. I want to help. Um, but in terms of like uh, exposing myself to figure out, discover myself more about myself, I don't know how to do that because I've been exposed to such extremes 
um, you know, war being one, um, you know, sacrifice of family and community to, you know, be in service to my country. Um, I've given up so much. I know, I would say now I know what I'm not willing to give up. That would be a better way to put it. Yeah. I would say I know now what I'm, what are my non-negotiables are. Um, and kind of putting myself in a place of, of where I want, like, I, like, I want to help. I want to give back. I want to, uh, take the things that I learned about myself and, uh, and, and if I can put even just a percent of that into someone else and help improve their life, that is, that is, that is, that is the mission. That is the purpose. Right. So I know, and it could be just like someone you walk into a coffee shop or, you know, I was doing a, a training course last week for work and I just met a young man there. Um, and we just got talking and, um, and I just, saw that he had some, I don't want to get into the details, but he, like, he had some concerns about choices he's made in his life. And I just offered him some perspective that let him ponder. And then later in the day, like six hours later, he came over and said like, Hey, I really want to say thank you for uh, what you shared today. He's like, like, that made an impact. So to, to help in those little, those little aspects, I think is the, the point is like, go, go forward and mentor go forward and create those ripples, go forward and make those positive changes in people's life. So. It's actually funny you say that. I, I've been finding myself uh, very much so, well, I've always, I've been a coach for like 10 years now, but there's been something different where I've been noticing. I think it has to do with a little bit more of the awareness part. Cause I spent a lot of time just walking around and just thinking, and I'm thinking about a lot of my own shenanigans and just reflecting and breaking it down uh intentional thinking that's what i've been calling it um and i think that uh i think that for a majority of folks when when they're able to transfer knowledge and so that knowledge doesn't stop at the person i think when knowledge flows through us i think going back to like the the abundance and the service i think that there's a flow there's like something if it, it totally feels like like it's actually a like I feel it. Like I'm, I'm like listening to what you're saying, and I'm like feeling it in my fingers. Yeah, I'm feeling like everything in my fingers. I'm feeling my gut because I'm like, oh, I know what it feels like to just help shift a perspective, or like even just like a moment where you get to see someone's eyes, and it's just like, huh, like, huh, like hmm. that. There is something so remarkable and so fulfilling about it, and I think that, um, I think that when. I think that when we're actually living our life and we're intentionally living our life to the point where we want to pursue self-betterment and in return for us being able to accomplish that self-betterment, I think that uh, coaching others to accomplish that as well is, yeah. or teaching, mentoring, talking, talking to people and helping encourage that kind, same kind of thought process they become more independent and they become more uh, competent in being able to handle their own life. And then it perpetuates, it ripples outwards for sure. And then the next thing you know, you have, you're surrounded with this amazing community of like-minded people. And, and then, then it's you, like, go it just builds, it just builds. Right. So. Totally. I think, and it's, it's, and I think it's so beautiful. It's so weird. Now I'm just like pondering it. 
I think it's beautiful the the ability to be able to teach other folks anything that could help them, like teaching them how to fish, not giving them fish. You know, yeah. like teaching how to rather than here you go. Yeah, I think that's super sweet. Um, what do you think would be? I'm actually. What do you think? Are, what are your non-negotiables? I'm kind of curious about that. So after the military, you found that you know now what you're what you're not willing to give up, rather than what you're willing to go for. My time. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, your time. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 So I'm not saying like I'm not going to give my time to anyone. Uh, it's just I know my value and I know what my time is worth to me. Um, so when I have, uh, you know, this new job and they're like, hey we want you to work this weekend, but we're not going to pay you overtime. And I go, no, thank you. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I was like, you're not compensating for me for my time. Then I'm not giving you my time. Right. I was like, yeah, but it's extra money. I was like, I was like, do you think that's my driving motivation? Then you're, you don't know me at all. Right. Um, other non-negotiables people who won't be honest with themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I like also integrity, accountability. Uh, I learned that in the military a long time. Uh, funny story. I got I got caught drifting a 22-ton uh, truck. Um, <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble. Uh, but instead of being like playing the victim, I just went like, yep, I fucked up. That's on me, Right. And then because I show that that I owned it right away, my punishment at the time was probably way less than what it could have been, right? So uh, I think surrounding myself with people, like like if I'm around, if I have people in my life or want to come into my life and they're not accountable, uh, especially to themselves, then I was like, then they have no space in my life. Because if you can't, if you're not going to hold yourself accountable, then it means you don't have uh, the ability to, you know, have self-worth. So self-respect, bring it, you're breaking promise. You're breaking promises to yourself. Yeah. And I think, uh, I ponder this as well, uh, for strength of character, uh, is kind of where I was thinking with the, what we were saying there with integrity. Uh, I think, when folks are so easy to break promises to themselves, it's only a matter of time before they're breaking promises to others. Absolutely. I think things go from inwards to outwards rather than outwards to inwards. Yeah. I think folks think it's, it's out to in. It's like my environment is the reason for my misery. Wrong. Wrong. Like, that's why I can put it. Uh, I thought about this actually about the other day. Uh, when I was uh, meditating, the world was not put here to cater to you. Right. And I learned that through my travels around the world, because um, when you go to different countries, different cultures, you don't show up and being like, be like, this is who I am. And this is what I expect. And you all need to adapt to me. You don't do that. Right. Like retiring from the military. I don't go to my new job and be like, I want this place run to like the military. So it's familiar. You don't do that. That there, that culture that that organization that's been there prior to me ever showing up wasn't built for me right so um 
having that mindset that you think that everything is supposed to be catered to you is wrong, right? You can find things that are not compatible with you, right? You'd be like, okay, this job isn't, this job and I are not compatible, right? Their values don't match my values. So then you move on. Um, But to sit there and think that everything and around you is happening to you or for you is, is very ignorant in my opinion. So. I totally agree with that too. I think that there's a, well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I was I was listening to a podcast the other day and it had to do with the brain, and it's, it's talking about how we are very conceptual creatures rather than animals that are very physical creatures. So, for example, like everything that we're seeing right now is a concept of our mind. It was all created once in our mind and then once in reality, and uh, I think that how we interact with the world or the yeah, how we interact with the world uh, is a reflection of our perception of ourselves. Yep. And th- I think when people are seeing the worst of the worst, they're also recognizing the characteristics and traits that they embody that perhaps don't want to deal with. And I, I would, yeah, I'm not going to say just people. Like, I, I absolutely went through that where I, this is an interesting one. For a solid chunk of time in my teens, around my earlier teens, maybe a little bit late, early 20s too, let's be real, early 20s, uh, I, I don't really consider myself to have uh, really uh, emotionally matured until mid-20s. Mid-20s is a safe bet. It's a safe bet. Uh, but what I found was I was behaving as a victim due to the idea of what a victim should be so i actually so for example my my experiences that i went through i actually feel indifferent about them because for me and i'm super like monk like like this i was chatting with someone earlier and it's like well you can't well you think about that but it's really monk like and i'm like well there's only so much i think that there's only a small degree of the past that should be brought into the present and that should be dealt with and resolved organized or at least articulated in a way that we can understand to be able to better ourselves and in turn better others i think when people or when i actually yeah when i decided to stop perpetuating past pain into the present that is where i started to realize that um this concept of what is or is not is dependent on what we believe it to be yep. and belief is belief is something that's so, so crazy because your belief is different than my belief, but we still live in the same reality, but we see the reality is different. Yep. And I think that that's so cool. <laughs> well, like cool. you speak on that and I, I got, I remember, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's <clears throat> like, you got to think like you, Kyle Smith, there is thousands of versions of you out there. And that's everybody you've ever met in your life has perspective of you and who you are, right? Is that you? No, only you know who you are, but they, there's a thousand versions of you or more out there of what Kyle, who Kyle Smith is. So when you, when you think about like that, you're like, oh, okay. So people's perspectives are often, you know, based on, you know, you know, past experiences and stuff like that. And to not carry, uh, like they say, carry trauma forward or carry mindsets forward. Uh, the only thing I would carry forward or I carry forward is lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and it's funny cause like 
in on tour, we would do this thing called uh, after action report. So anytime we had a mission and while everything's fresh, you, all the guys involved would lock themselves in a room and you would just get it out. What was good? What was bad? Who fucked up? Who did good? Everything. And then once that door opened and you left, it got left because it didn't get carried forward in the next mission. Because if someone is carrying anything forward in the next mission, now your perspective is off and your focus is off. So we called it uh, like a, just a hot wash. Like just recognize it. You made a mistake. Cool. Own it. Move on. Right. Lessons learned. So when you carry things from prior forward, you are literally just uh, skewing your lens of how you look at the next thing. So. That was a good one. I like that. That was a great takeaway, actually. That I really like the, yeah, I, I like the, what'd you call it? Hot washing? Yeah. Just I get like rid that. of it. Just wash yeah, it. just get rid of it. Clean it off. Address it. Organize it. Press forward. Yeah. Hot washing. Man, you just got to hot wash more often. Well, prime example, <laughs> you cut your arm. Are you going to bandage it and keep going? Or are you just going to let it bleed everywhere? Yeah. Or are you just going to chop it off? Yeah, or just chop it <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going from resolution to aggravation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, my friend, we're getting to the top of the hour. Okay. And I would like to ask you some questions. Two questions. Final okay. questions. So, my friend, you're on your deathbed. There is no information, no anything of you at all that you will be left here after you pass. <clears throat> what is the lesson that you want to pass on to your loved ones that are around you? I'm sure I'm there. Hmm. Keep going. Keep going. I like it. Well, it's the only way to uh, simplify it. Um, because when I'm gone, I'm gone. Right. And I will make an impact. I have made an impact, but I don't want people to have sorrow because of my passing. We're all going to pass. That is part of our cycle of life. So keep going. That'd be my, my little tidbit. Nice. And then the last question how would you define living a limitless life? Ooh. Get yourself in a position of fuck you. Right? Um, and then I talk, I speak about those four pillars, like get your health, right? If you get your health in check, you're not tied to prescriptions, you're not tied to things, you're in a position of fuck you. I got this, right? You got your wealth, right? Get your point where your bills are paid. You got no debt. You got no negative debt. You get that position where you got money in the bank. You're in a position. You're in a position of fuck you, right? Because now you don't. You don't have anyone holding anything over you. You don't owe anyone anything. That's a position of fuck you, right? Uh, when it comes to your relationships, you know, you know, and you're you're serving your community, and you know you're you're emboldening your community and building up your community. And anyone who tries to take that away because you built it up, you're in a position of fuck you. Um, and for careers, uh, same thing. Be in a position of fuck you. 
right? And I don't mean that like a negative place, but just know your worth, right? Like when you have a boss who's like, hey, I know it's your day off, but we need you to work. And like, you're like, dude, I work my 40 hours. Fuck you, right? And know that when to, when to flex and when not to flex, right? So that would be my my thing. Get nice. get yourself into a position of fuck you. That is an awesome lesson to leave this one with. Yeah. So Brian, my friend, thank you very much for being on this episode. Thank you very much for chatting. I'm sure I'll have you on later on some point when I have an in-person kind of yeah. style. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey. set up your studio. Let's go. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate you a ton. And for those of you that are listening, whatever you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, give me five stars if you're listening to the podcast, uh, audio only. Uh, if you're on YouTube, of course, subscribe, but like, comment. What are some of your favorite takeaways? And outside of that, I hope you have an amazing day and I hope your day treats you as good as you look. Ciao later. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Before you go, I would like to ask a small, small favor from you, and that would be to subscribe wherever you are listening to this. If it's on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. If it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, click subscribe so you will get more of these podcast episodes. It would mean the world to me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And while you're at it, if you can share this episode with a friend, that would be amazing. Thank you very much, and I'll chat with you later.